0: This week's podcast is sponsored by Direction. Hello and welcome, everybody, to the Investing with IBD podcast. It's Justin Nielsen here, your host, and joining me as he does every week is Arusha Pierce. He's a portfolio manager over at O'Neill Global Advisors. How are you doing, Arusha? I'm doing well, Justin. OK, and it's a little bit different. We're doing a taping on Monday uh, and this is going to be dropping on Tuesday. It is Monday, February 27th, 2023. And uh, one of the reasons is so we could accommodate our guest, John nigerian co-founder of Market Rebellion, frequent uh, contributor on CNBC and all around great guy. How are you doing, John?
1: <laughs> Just I'm doing <laughs> great, man. Thank you. It's wonderful <laughs> to be here and thank all three of you for making this happen. Uh, oh, yeah, on a different day. So thank you.
0: Well, you know, I think it was a very easy call to make. It's like, okay, if if it's a matter of getting John on, I mean, we'll bend over backwards to to have Absolutely. your insights and everything like that. It's uh, something uh, you're you're one of the favorites, I think of uh, our audience, and so definitely definitely worth accommodating you. Um so thank you, sir. We'll talk a little bit about the markets, of course, as we do every week. And uh, this week also, uh, John's going to get into a little bit of these zero dates till expiration, days till expiration, the zero DTEs. what what that kind of is, and you know how how you can kind of benefit from it, and maybe if you should stay away from it, uh, and what what it does to some of the the, the, the markets, um, and then we'll talk about some of the stocks that are on John's radar. So why don't we go ahead and get started, John? What what index are you following the most right now to kind of get an overall pulse of the the market?
1: Uh, it would still be and is virtually always the S and P five hundred. Um, okay. Because within the market, of course, there's a lot of different signals, um, depending on if we're talking about the XLF, you know, those stocks in the S&P 500 that are tied to financials, um, stocks that are tied to drug makers and so forth. Um, I'll talk about one of those with you guys in a bit. But, um, yeah, overall, as far as how the market is perceiving um either fear or greed, I generally use the S&P 500 to decide.
0: Mm-hmm. So um, right now, it seems like if we look at the chart of the S&P 500, it seems like this 4,000 level is kind of a critical, uh, a critical spot. We're kind of going back and forth between there now. Um, are you looking at different areas of support, resistance? Um, I mean, it was such a strong January, um, but February has kind of, uh, turn tail. Do you think this is a normal pullback or could this be uh, the start of something a little a little more serious?
1: Well, we're seeing pretty significant cutbacks by consumers in certain areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's of concern. Uh, the, the fact that housing um, pending home sales and things, it's not that the price of homes are going down except in New York and San Francisco. Um, but it's that the amount of homes that are turning over has dropped so dramatically, the most, yeah. I guess, in over a decade or maybe 12, 13 years, um, that's a big deal. Um, but it, I think a lot of that has to do with inventory um, mm-hmm. and the fact that they haven't had to cut prices that we're not talking about 50% less selling price, we're talking about 50% less sales which is completely different, um, yeah. but I worry more about credit card debt. Um, I worry about uh, Carvana and some of the high flyers that uh, basically depend on uh, uh, an optimistic consumer, even if they're doing it on credit, and those have shown a lot of kinks in the armor lately. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, if, if not a kink, uh... A, a serious dent or maybe absolute <laughs> rip.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we have a, I mean, it's interesting, John, because it, it seems like we're all at least last six months or so, we've all been becoming macro experts here and we're all worried about the consumer. But when you see some of this data, it's it, it, the data keeps saying, or at least the people keep telling us that the consumer is okay uh, that they're, they're still hanging in there. They're still spending. How do you reconcile that with the, you know, having that kind of in the background with what you're seeing in the market action?
1: Well, um, so far, just like you say, Arusha, the, uh, um, we've had a pretty good acceleration of that personal consumption index or expenditure, which is the PCE. And that has been something that Uh, we've all sort of watched and said, wow, well, wages aren't keeping up to what consumers are spending, which means they're A, drawing down on savings, which they have been doing in a big way, Mm -hmm. or B, and or B, they are uh, putting a lot on credit cards. Um, And I think both of those are true. And it's not problematic yet. But because of so many different businesses and sectors of the market, that are exposed to the consumer, again, 70% of uh, the US economy really driven by the consumer. Um, it is worrisome that those uh, issues are out there, and yet the consumer just continues to plow through. Right. Um, you're, not, you're not seeing bread lines, <laughs> you're not hearing people that um, say, I'll take, you know, I'll, I'll work for food or anything like that. But. I think it is getting to be more worrisome, and probably that coupled with what the Fed is doing, what the Fed speak from Mester to Kola, um, Kashkari to Mester, they're all talking about. Look, we're not kidding around. We're going to hit this thing yeah. hard, and we're going <laughs> to keep hitting it.
0: Yeah, it, it certainly seems like it's it's unsustainable for that amount of spending to continue. It's it's like hey, reminder, folks, that stimulus check isn't coming again. Uh, right. um, but uh, let's talk a little bit about the NASDAQ composite, if we could show that graph as well, because it seemed like the the NASDAQ was certainly starting this year off uh, in a much better position. And whereas for 2022, I mean, growth, anything with a high PE was, was absolutely just you know, don't touch it, you know, and, and part of that was the increase in yields. I mean, the 10 year treasury yield just skyrocketed. Mm -hmm. Um, so the NASDAQ really started with such a strong, uh, opening month, uh, for, for January. Um, you know, is is this something that you're looking at as well in relation to the S and P 500?
1: Um, yes, but, um, I, I think overall, Justin, we're seeing, um, uh, the trash uh, got bid up in a big way in January. Right. And mm-hmm. the good stuff, Apple, Tesla, um, you know, many of the big tech stocks got basically rebounds from mm-hmm. severe sell-offs. Much of it probably related to um, the tax loss harvesting that goes on every year. Um, right. But that would explain, I think, uh, a pretty good part of January because a lot of the things they sold, they had to wait depending when they sold it. If they sold it the 15th of December, can't buy it till the 15th of January and so forth. So that acceleration um, of those stocks in particular, the tech stocks I'll say, um, that uh, has, has been noted. And then the, it's not like they've all given up the ghost, but the market mm-hmm. in general um, was get, the one getting hammered in February. It wasn't that Apple or Tesla were getting hammered, for instance. I'll call them both tech stocks, even though one's a, a tech stock masquerading as a car company. Um, I think overall, what we're seeing is uh, people that are uh, that wanted to get back in. I mean, shoot, you were able to buy Tesla, you know, at at half the price that it is right yeah. now, practically, yeah. um, and that was just ludicrous back in December. Uh, they started buying it and kept buying it throughout the month of um, January. And believe it or not, it is still going up. And we'll get to that in a bit because they've got a big uh, day coming up for Tesla. And Elon Musk gets to take the stage. And we all know he loves the exposure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: absolutely. So, get, so, John, getting back to kind mm-hmm. of like the junk off the bottom, where and you mentioned Carvana and, and there are there are a lot of oh, tons of stocks like that were heavily shorted type of stocks. How, how do you reconcile with that, where that led a lot of this uh, kind of rally, as you said, in January? Do you do you kind of ignore it or do you, do you take that in account and say, you know, what that could be the spark that leads to a, a new, more sustained rally?
1: Well, most of those kind of stocks, though, aren't in the S&P 500. So I know what Arush is saying, Justin, but, um, you know, a lot of the dash for trash that we might be talking about here, you know, whether it's Bed Bath and Beyond that had that ludicrous bounce based on its um, bankruptcy filing. I mean, honestly, if you hear that a company is close to bankruptcy, obviously it dives, (laughs) Um, and as soon as you hear that they're going to file, boom, it rallied. Uh, why? Because they've uh, basically jettisoned a lot of expense that they're not going to pay back. Um, and they're hoping that the bankruptcy trustee lets them get away with that. Um, and in most cases, they do. So uh, whether it's American Airlines a decade ago or whether it's you know, Bed Bath & Beyond now, You're seeing those kinds of moves whenever somebody is in trouble and filing for bankruptcy. You want to buy the, if you could get a heads up uh, and buy just as that news is breaking, you will find that you make two, three, 400% on those plays. I've seen it time and time again. I remember American Airlines, I think below a dime. And as soon as they said they were filing, the thing was just Zoom. Wow. And it might have been an eight or a 10X. As soon as they file.
0: So, John, there's this kind of uh, a little bit of a um, divergence here. I mean, you've got these these stocks like Bed Bath and Beyond, which are, um, you know, as you said, kind of the trash. But then you have these other stocks that were coming off the bottom in a in a similar way, uh, but maybe their business models are better. And I'm thinking of like what you said with Tesla, uh, Netflix, um, you know, even Shopify, Amazon, some of the big techs. So, how are you kind of distinguishing between this is this is trash stuff over here, and this is like, hey, this is opportunity with you know again a double in Tesla. Um, where where do you make the distinction?
1: Um, I would make it. Or is it all opportunity? <laughs> <laughs> it's all opportunity, clearly. Yeah. But um, you know Warren Buffett said in his letter this just this past week, right. he said when you look at the investments that Berkshire Hathaway his, the company that he and Munger run. Um, when you look at that, if you took out five stocks, five stocks, um, we would have normal returns. We wouldn't be outperforming. Um, And uh, what does he buy? He buys stocks that have revenue, that have um, a history of either stock buybacks or paying dividends. And one example I think that they used was Coca-Cola. He paid... Um, I think it was $1.3 billion for 400 million shares of Coca-Cola, symbol KO. Um, and he said, and by the way, in 2022, that patient investing paid us $700 million in dividends from Coca-Cola. Oh, <laughs> so, you know, what he's looking for is what I think all all of us would look for, and that is... The trash is a trade. The others, with real revenue, constant demand, and uh, such, uh, like Coca-Cola, like Apple in my opinion, like Tesla in my opinion, those are the ones you hold. You don't trade those. You wanna hold those. The trash, I wanna trade Carvana, I wanna trade Peloton, why? They're trash. But mm-hmm. that was the trash that was single digits that pops to twenty, yeah. um, in the case of Peloton or whatever. And I I think that's a trade. And if you're lucky enough to catch that one, you dump it after yeah. it's made that move. Yeah. Whereas Tesla, I don't know that Tesla's done. I've got lots of evidence that Tesla is nowhere near done right now. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. So, so it's you,
0: really a matter of time frame. <laughs> What's your horizon for these stocks? Right. Yeah. Go ahead, Arusha.
2: Yeah. So, John, you you have, I mean, just on your everyday life, you you have a good finger on the pulse of just retail, the the, the retail audience out there. Uh, Have you noticed uh, over the last month or so, that enthusiasm coming back that we saw in 2020 and 2021, you know, obviously it was kind of eradicated in 2022 when they learned that, hey, markets don't always go up. But uh, have you started seeing maybe the, some of that enthusiasm come back with some of this trashy stocks uh, moving up uh, like rocket ships?
1: Um, I haven't, Arusha. Okay. Um, I would think that most of the trash stocks are going up because of massive short interests. Yeah. So we yep. could say, oh, that seems similar to like the apes in 2020, for instance, okay. when they yep. were jumping into AMC or GameStop or whatever. Yep. Yep. Um, it seems more like that to me. It doesn't seem like go-go times where investors are just, um, you know, real happy and chasing anything. There are great stocks like Twilio, like, uh, Pat, you know, Palo Alto Networks that mm. were thrown out. Baby with the bathwater, you know, pushed aside. And then in January, those stocks were bought, and they still continue to be bought into February right now. But mm-hmm. a lot of the trash stocks, I think, are getting, you know, these four or five day pops. And then there's just not much to hold them up at those levels.
0: Yeah. So kind of getting back to an overall, you know, let, let's tie a bow on this. Um, okay. what's, what's your sense of, you know, kind of where are we at? Is this is this really kind of the beginning of something, or um, is is the fact all the, all of those concerns, those worries that you have about the consumer, um, are those just kind of? Are we waiting for those to come to fruition and seeing a little bit more damage? Whether that's a soft landing recession, maybe a harder landing. Um, what's what's your overall sense here?
1: I think last week more or less the last full week of February, um, I think that was investors, hedge funds, um, large endowments, starting to get a different message from the Fed about how diligent they were gonna be about hitting inflation. And um, so if they don't, if they can just talk tough, Justin, instead of (laughs) having to act tough, Mm -hmm. um, I think that'll be better for the market and that the consumer won't lose focus and won't just hide and you know stick the money in a mattress. But if they're hitting it hard, like, for instance, if we went back to 50 basis point moves
0: right, without
1: right. a corresponding just spike in inflation that they have to hit, then I think that would scare consumers. It would scare hedge funds and endowments, and they'd get to the sidelines for a while, maybe not two quarters, but for a while.
0: Yeah, and I mean even uh, what was it last week? Bullard statements. I mean, even though he's a non-voting member, but coupled with the PCE and everything like that, I, if I'm not mistaken, the 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 futures uh, for the Fed funds rate. I mean, it shot up to you know what forty uh, percent probability awesome, of a fifty yeah. basis point you know hike. I mean that was that was a considerable move, you know, from you know how it had been looking like twenty five percent at twenty five basis points was almost guaranteed. But um, yeah, certainly. Uh, again, as Arusha said earlier, we're all turning into macro here, um, you know, yep. whereas usually technical is uh, getting all of our attention, but it's, it's definitely a discussion worth having. Now, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about these uh, zero days till expiration products and uh, how, how you can use them and if you should avoid them and what they do to the market, uh, market action. So stay tuned. We'll be right back.
2: Trading Apple, sometimes you get the bear. Sometimes it gets you single stock, daily leveraged, and inverse ETFs from Directions before investing. Carefully consider a fund's objectives, risk charges and expenses contained in the prospectus at Direction.com. Read carefully. Welcome back to the Investing with IBD podcast.
0: We've got a special episode for you uh, on coming to you on a Tuesday. We've got John Nigerian as our guest. He is, of course, the co-founder of Market Rebellion. And, you know, of course, you can get to some of the information that he's sharing with folks at marketrebellion.com. Uh, also, uh, go ahead, John. Why don't you give people your Twitter handle? Because you give a lot of great analysis on Twitter. There is mm. a, a lot of wealth of information you give in there. <laughs> so go ahead well, and give that to folks as well.
1: You're too kind, Justin. Um, it's just my first name, John, J-O-N. My dad, mm-hmm. who's with an H, I'm not. Okay. Um, last name Nigerian, N A J A R I A N. There are Perfect. no Ms in there. There's no Ms, only Ms.
0: Ms as in Nancy, by the way. Ms as in Nancy November. You know, take your pick, right? That's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, of course, we have Arusha Paris with us as well. Uh, Go- O'Neill Global Advisors portfolio manager. So, um, the the topic we were going to talk about uh, today, and again, this is this is kind of a newer thing, right? Uh, the, the zero days till expiration products. Um, so mm-hmm. John, can you give us a little bit of a, a primer on what these are and why we need to be aware of them?
1: Sure. Well, um, you guys know, and I, 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 Arusha and I have talked a number of times about how fast time decay accelerates. Yeah. Yep. Going, It's like going into a black hole. Um, would be the best way. You know how once you pass the event horizon, Arusha, (laughs) it just (laughs) disappears? Exactly. That's what it's like, folks, because the longer dated options decay like this, it's almost Mm -hmm. imperceptible. But in the Mm -hmm. final two months, or in particular, the final 30 days, that option starts decaying at a very rapid pace. And so uh, the popularity of these options, the 0 time till expiration sort of situation is that a um, they're much cheaper or so they appear. Right. I mean, but if you wanted to own a month's worth of those using that same little seems little input of, for instance, 40 cents, but you multiplied it times 30 days, you'd say, wow, I wouldn't have paid $12 for that at the money option. It's only worth six or whatever. Exactly, mm-hmm. but it has to price in all of that binary outcome that might be something or nothing, like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so um, the CBOE, when they do that VIX calculation, um, they 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 have smoothed it over time to drop the nearest dated options from the S and P five hundred, the main thing that they track, because mm-hmm. that's what the VIX is. There are other measures of vol. But the VIX is tracking the S&P 500. So Mm -hmm. what they do is um, they take a sample of the front week. It used to be front month, now front week. And they start dropping off as it gets down to two days, one day. They drop the calculation because otherwise the vol looks like it's sky high. Um, Mm -hmm. Not low, high. (laughs) <laughs> um, and so that's what, uh, uh, to, to smooth it. Um, they basically drop those days that are closest to expiration and push the calculation drawing from, um, longer dated options, not right. leaps and things like that, but options that are out there two weeks, three weeks, four weeks into the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're sitting at home and you're trading, uh, short or zero you know zero time till expiration options you're not really trading a vix of 20 or 21 you're Mm -hmm. probably over 30 in that vix um Mm -hmm. and that presents a lot of problems with time decay obviously because you don't have much time
0: Mm -hmm. so so there's a lot to unpack here so you know first of all i guess maybe we start since you brought it up, the VIX. Um, And of course, in Marketsmith, uh, we look at zero VIX is the the symbol that we use for this. And the way a lot of people use this, as as you mentioned, this is the implied volatility of the S&P 500. So when it's high, the expectation is that over the next 30 days, that the S&P 500 is going to have a bigger move. And when it's low, it's expected that it's going to have a lower move. Um, And now it doesn't tell you direction, of course, it's just that a move is is, is going to happen now. A lot of people use this to kind of get a market sentiment, and you know when it gets really crazy high, a lot of people think of that as a bottoming signal, and when it gets really crazy low, they kind of think of it as complacency and and a problem. So, with with that kind of backdrop, the zero DTEs, you know, if you're saying that you know people are thinking that we're really complacent because we've been below twenty or around twenty but we're really at 30, like, does this, does this all of a sudden become like a psychological market indicator that you can't use
1: anymore? Um, it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be the first to say it. Well, maybe mm-hmm. not the first, but one of the first. Well, the first on the
2: show, John. Yeah, yeah. Sure. okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you credit there.
0: Uh, okay. <laughs> and Really, um, this is all that's matter- that matters, right? You know?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, because um, you know, people are trading off of something that's not real. Yeah. Um, if they're looking at that um, mm-hmm. and I imagine that there are hedge funds, especially Renaissance capital and a bunch of these really smart techies over at uh, Citadel that have figured this out, that mm-hmm. people are being fooled into thinking and th- the intent, I'm not saying that it was anyone's intent, not the yeah. guys at Duke who basically helped come up, you know, gas Gary Gastineau and a bunch of these guys that helped uh, create the VIX. Um, but what they did was they said, well, it's the VIX is too volatile if we count mm-hmm. the short dated options. So that's why, like we said, they push it out further into the future. Mm-hmm. I think the, in all likelihood, we'll see a significant change in the tracking of the VIX. Mm-hmm. And if they have one just for the zero DTE, which they could easily do, um, it will be significantly higher and give you a completely different read on what investors are thinking, but it's only for that zero. It's only for that very short term. So yeah, right. for a lot of investors, they're not the Buffett investors because Warren Buffett could care less about DTE options. He cares about you know options because he's a big option trader, yeah. the Oracle is. He cares about options that are out there Three months, six months, a year into the future, not the zero DTE. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, uh, w- one thing that I've heard about the complaints with the the zero T- DTE options is that it they're they're kind of masking just some some of the vault not just the volatility, but other behaviors in the S and P five hundred, where maybe at a certain strike price. People are just loading up and having absurd amount of contracts. H- have you heard anything about that?
1: Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. I-, I believe just as Arusha said, Justin, that you do have a lot of people that do load up for a whole host of reasons. Okay. Mm-hmm. Some of it could be related, could be to market manipulation. Some of it could be that uh, um, they have exposure further out on the uh, calendar and instead of uh, making a, a, a big mistake, buying back that exposure that they took on by selling options or whatever, they buy something very short term on days when they're worried about it. Mm-hmm. And then probably try to trade out of that and leave that longer dated stuff to just you know, shrink as far as you know for people that are premium sellers and things mm-hmm. like that. So mm-hmm. I think it could be used for manipulation um, because the bigger you are, buying 20000 50000 and I see that all the time, uh, those kinds of size in the S&P 500, the SPY, in the IWM, in the QQQ, um, mm-hmm. I see that a lot on our system. And I think sometimes it's a hedge, and other times it's perhaps trying to push the market, you know, like the Joker in uh, uh, Batman, he says, "Sometimes it just needs a little push." <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> so, is is this something that um, people just need to be aware of because it's out there and it's 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 a factor in how the market is playing out, and you know the VIX and all these things or is, is this something that people should be trading themselves? Uh, you mentioned this is a very binary trade. It's either gonna it's either gonna work or it's not and you don't have you don't have time to like adjust your trade or anything like that. So is this, is this something people should be trading themselves or kind of stay away?
1: Well, and I hope nobody uh, that's watching takes offense to this, but this is really deep end of the pool stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. this is like, you know, you're in uh, advanced trigonometry or whatever, or, Mm -hmm. um, string theory, if you're a physicist, Mm -hmm. um, because not because it's not understandable, but because if you're not aware of how badly that time decay can work against you, right. You should not be in these options. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, we, we already know weekly options, I believe, are over 54% of the volume that trades right now Amazing. in the incredible. markets. Now, that's not uh-huh. zero DTE. That's five days, uh-huh. you know, five uh-huh. DTE or tomorrow morning, um, yeah. it would be four DTE and so forth. So
2: and, and everyone was thinking that was crazy, right, when those were coming out. Yep. It was yeah. like that was way too short term.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. I remember, you know, because I'm so old, Arusha. <laughs> I remember I started trading in 1981. And uh, back then we Options only were new. had <laughs> yep, we only had quarterly expirations. Wow. And wow. and only about 20 or 30 percent of uh, stocks had puts. Mm-hmm. They didn't all have yeah. puts even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, we have puts and calls, same strike, of course. Uh, For nearly every stock, an awful lot of them have weekly expirations. Um, Mm -hmm. And and as you move into that territory, you've changed the game. And it made things more affordable for speculators. And Mm -hmm. it also made things more difficult for all but some of the smartest people out there that are, uh, in, uh, in most cases, I would think, feasting on the people that are because every time there's something new there's somebody who doesn't understand it yeah. and those are the people that get carved up just like they yeah. say at the poker table if you don't mm-hmm. know who the chump is it's yeah. you <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: right. you know and I mean to your point I mean if you just look at a uh, a graphic showing the volume you know from when you started in 81 to the volume in options trading now I mean it's it, it looks like an exponential you know a curve uh it's just yep. massive the amount of volume that has changed there right so when
1: i started it mm-hmm. was three or four hundred thousand contracts a day between right. the four options exchanges pacific mm-hmm. philly chicago amex Four hundred thousand total contracts now this year 2023 we've seen 72 million i believe was mm-hmm. the record oh, and mm-hmm. that was set this year we're averaging Forty-seven million a day. So yeah. to Justin's point, plot that out, folks. Nineteen eighty-one, <laughs> four hundred thousand. Today, yeah. seventy million is the high, and forty-seven million is the average. Mm-hmm. That's crazy yeah. volume.
0: Yeah. And, and and what you were saying before is you know sometimes you have these um, these calculations. I like the VIX index. Um, you know, which again for the time it it had you know, it had everything it needed. And, and and I mean, even that that calculation changed. There was for a while, the old VIX calculation was what was on the S&P 100. Um, yep, it was on and, the OEX. Yes, and the so S&P then 100. they switched it to the S&P 500. Um, so, you know, they adapted it. And, you know, now you've got something, you know, a new product. And as you said, sometimes there's these unintended consequences uh, from these products. So, so, John, to kind of just wrap this up, What's, you know, zero DTE, I mean, that's that's one of the latest products. What, what do you think is coming up in the future, and, and what can we expect from that?
1: Well, I'd say the first thing will probably be zero DTE options for equities, for Apple, mm-hmm. for Tesla, um, for Microsoft, ones, yeah. for Google. Um, and what will that mean? Quote traffic like you have never seen, <laughs> because mm-hmm. each right. time they do this, when you go from weeklies or when you go from monthlies to weeklies, now you've created a lot more stress. You've created a lot more data to get through a pipe, uh-huh. That unless you made the pipe a lot bigger, you can only get so much data through that pipe. So it starts mm-hmm. backing up, and all of a sudden the data's back here. You think you're seeing live quotes and you're really not.
0: Uh-huh, and so does that? where, where does that leave people in terms of, uh, for those that are kind of behind you know, how much of an edge do they lose and how much of an edge do those high frequency traders
1: get? Um, The high frequency traders definitely get an edge, but Mm -hmm. Joe and Jane aren't really hurt that much because they're Mm -hmm. not trading millisecond by millisecond. Arusha is sending in an order from the portfolio that he manages, and he's not going to flip out of that in two milliseconds. Yeah. he's going to be in mm-hmm. it for two days or two weeks or two months so mm-hmm. you are being taken advantage of but it's not a time frame that any of the normal trading mm-hmm. community can take advantage of
2: yeah that's it's, yeah. It's, it's those picking up the pennies right <laughs> yeah you know I, I almost a
1: bulldozer
2: exactly <laughs> yeah i i almost said like even when high frequency trading was what uh, came out and, and was pretty new it almost made like the weekly charts and monthly charts that much more important because it became much harder to compete and do well in the shorter, shorter time frames. But mm-hmm. as you go longer out, and, and John, as you were talking about with Warren Buffett, it's not going to really make that much of a difference there if you're looking for kind of that true institutional accumulation and going for those quality type of companies.
1: Yeah, I agree. Well yeah. said. Very
0: good. Well, hey, thanks for this uh, introduction. And also just kind of the, uh, the impact, the unintended consequences, all of those things that these zero DTEs are having on uh, on the marketplace. So thanks for these, this this quick lesson. And when we come back, we're going to see what are some of the stocks that are on john's radar and how he's handling them. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Trading
2: Tesla, sometimes you get the bear. Sometimes it gets you. Single stock daily leveraged, and inverse ETFs from Direction. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's objectives, risk, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus at Direction.com. Read carefully.
0: Welcome back to the Investing with IBD podcast. It's Justin Nielsen, your host. And Arusha Pierce is joining me as he does every week from O'Neill Global Advisors. He's a portfolio manager over there. And our special guest this week is John Najarian, co-founder of Market Rebellion Options, expert, uh, you know, just so knowledgeable on the market, so we're, we're just so happy to have him here today. Um, so, John, let's talk a little bit about stocks. Um, what do you have on your radar right now? I mean, we might as well start with Tesla because you kind of already uh, have talked a little bit about that. Um, a big week for Tesla. Uh, Elon Musk, as you mentioned, he likes the stage and everyone's talking about Master Plan 3.0 on the investor day that's coming up for Tesla.
1: Yeah, uh, exactly, Justin. And, you know, keep in mind that Mr. Musk famously threw that brick <laughs> at yes. the Cybertruck
2: yes, right. on
1: one of these investor days twice. <laughs> yes. People thought that it was a mistake and that the, the stock would get crucified. And instead, people loved it. <laughs> and the stock rallied off of that. Um, hmm. Yeah, the, the investor day is this Wednesday. Um, and um, Tesla put out you know, various teasers uh, in the last 24 hours or so about that investor day. And he's not just going to talk about Tesla, apparently. He's going to talk about the Boring Company, which mm-hmm. is not tied to Tesla stock. Yeah. He's going to talk about SpaceX, which is wow. not tied to Tesla stock. But um, I, I think he's trying to refocus people. Justin and Arusha, uh, about, hey, we're geniuses over here. We make stuff happen that nobody else can, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, because obviously the Twitter debacle, I'm happy that he bought Twitter, and I hope that it cleans, you know, the system up a little bit so that we don't have people that are, you know, shadow banned or banned Mm -hmm. for, you know, basically just, speaking out about whether they support this party, that party, this vaccine, that whatever. I I thought all of that was bad on Twitter, but um, it's nonetheless been a distraction for Mr. Musk for most of 2022, Um, and his stock suffered for it. So I think um, that he's likely to wow us with some of the things that they've accomplished, not the least of which is Starlink as part of SpaceX because it's what I use down here in Puerto Rico to get oh, wow. my Wi-Fi, um, mm-hmm. and it's fast as heck, and it's uh, just a fabulous uh, way to reach the world in places that would otherwise have you know last century technology. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I think he'll he'll focus a little bit on that. Um, I think he'll talk about perhaps Model Two. Um, things like that, extended battery lives, and so forth. I mean, just just today they talked about how the Giga uh, Berlin has yeah. now hit four thousand cars per week. Right. General Motors won't make four thousand EVs. I don't know if they'll make four thousand this year. Wow. I mean, I know they're going to try, but you know, these numbers are so silly compared to every other. Uh, competitor in the space, there are a couple like BMW and Volkswagen that are producing what we might refer to as mass production, mm-hmm. but they're not anything compared to Tesla. As And I don't mean in terms of tech. I mean, in terms of getting product out the doors. I mean, mm-hmm. we saw Fisker today move up dramatically just on the idea that they were going to be, they've taken orders for 62,000 vehicles. I mean, they haven't delivered one. Those are orders. (laughs) I mean, but anyway, but let me stop bashing the competitors and say, (laughs) um, and I'm a long-term Tesla bull. Um, Mm -hmm. I had another reason to get bullish today, and that was somebody bought 30,000 of the 225 calls in Tesla that expire this Friday. So we're talking mm -hmm. almost zero DTE yeah. To extend yeah. the conversation from the last segment. Um, we're talking about calls that have three days, four days to live, three days once we hit the uh, um, investor day, um, and only two days after the investor day. So these are very defined risk, you know, binary bets, just like you said, Justin. Mm-hmm. Um, they paid on average two dollars every options for a hundred shares, so that's two hundred dollars times thirty thousand so it's a six million dollar trade that wow. somebody put on that was one trade wow they mm-hmm. extended the volume throughout the day to over sixty thousand but that was probably people like me scrambling in to follow that really big trade um mm-hmm. so that's Tesla and that you know with with the stock at 206 and a half maybe 207 um is a big bet above the market you know nearly yeah. twenty dollars out of the money, they're, they bought the 225, 225 calls. So I like that trade. Um, mm-hmm. So, so, I so I'm now, sorry, was that just to, <laughs> just to make
0: sure, was that just a straight um, a straight call or was that a spread?
1: Um, I was a straight call. Just they Straight bought, call, okay. Yep, they bought those calls and they're this Friday, March 3rd expi- expiration, full mm-hmm. disclosure, I'm in the calls. I'm mm-hmm. long Tesla, so I don't want to. I'm I'm not a pump and dump guy. Right. I'm telling people where where my bread is buttered or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I eat my own cooking. Yeah. Um, so, so,
0: so now, is your is your hope here to um, after the investor day to to sell the calls uh, for for a profit, or are you going to want to exercise some of these? What's what's your what's your goal here?
1: No, I again. Uh, uh, I wish I could exercise uh, as many of these calls <laughs> right. as I bought. I wow. wouldn't have any capital left. I bought a yeah. lot of calls. Wow. Wow. And again, every call is for a hundred shares of stock. So what I did, Justin was I bought the, at the money. I didn't buy the two twenty-fives. Okay. You get a mm-hmm. great leveraged bet if you do that, but mm-hmm. I like buying at the money. And as we rally, which I think, you know, I think the odds favor us rallying um, into the investor day. And, if, if it's 210, 212, I'll start selling at the money calls there against the calls that I bought. Mm-hmm. If it works the way I hope it does, I'll be long my calls for free. Because yeah. if I pay two, you know, let's say $5, $6 for an at the money call that expires this Friday and the stock moves up through 210, 215, whatever, and I'm selling those, I might be long that spread for free. So, right. If it works, that is what my goal is, um, but it's not to hold it till expiration and or to exercise them.
2: Yeah, Yeah. so it's it's interesting because that 225, that big bet, the unusual option activity that you're seeing there, that's so they're betting that Tesla is going to get over the 200 day moving average, which has kind of been the big kind of line in the sand for Tesla for over a year. So they're looking at this mm-hmm. as a catalyst. and. Just even for normal kind of traders, the stock if it gets above that 200-day moving average, you're going to attract even more people just because it's starting to get above that. And it's like, hey, you know what? It might be going undergoing a character change here.
1: Yeah, and um, China reopening. Yes, um, it yes. will have been reopened for a, you know the better part of a month, month and a half mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. then. And um, he cut prices. Yes. and that right. cripples the competition That's i right. mean he li- literally kneecapped the competition by doing that because oh do you want the guy who's got more vehicles out there than anybody has ever built in the ev space uh, or do you want to pay up for a first timer right. like general mm-hmm. motors right um yeah they've got the chevy volt but you know ah come on it's not they are not the same yeah mm-hmm. um and Uh, So, I think that really kneecapped a lot of these folks in terms of them being able to get the prices that they need to get to be profitable. And it's really hard to be profitable when you're doing, like I say, 4,000 vehicles a year versus 4,000 a week in one of his three factories because he's got Shanghai, he's got uh, 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 Berlin, and Austin. You Mm know, Mm -hmm. come on. That's 4,000 in just one of those factories.
2: And so he also cut the prices, but, and they still have, I mean, he still has profit margin to play with, right? I mean, yep. he, he still has, which is pretty amazing. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, th- those are all really good points about Tesla.
0: Mm-hmm. So I guess we can uh, follow you on Twitter at John Nigerian to find
2: <laughs> out how this trade uh, unfolds right. after, after investor day. So awesome. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> sure it. It. Actually, John, one last question here. So with this, mm-hmm pretty amazing run on that Tesla's had over the last couple of months. Were you consistently seeing unusual option activity coming in at different prices?
1: Yes, sir. And zero puts. Oh, none of those. I mean, puts trade. Don't get me wrong. I know you guys know that. But yeah, uh, for all the listeners, I'm not saying zero puts trade. I'm saying zero puts have been bought aggressively on the off. And that's despite the thing doubling in price. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, we've had buying at the 145 strike, 160 strike, 180 strike, 200, now 225. And, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I just try to follow the smart money. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. And yeah, when you say 30,000 contracts, uh, that's uh, if not smart, it's definitely big. So yeah, you got to assume there's some <laughs> some smartness uh, behind there in order to be able to do that. Uh, okay, let's go ahead and take a look at another stock. Um, you know, speaking of big tech, and you know, one of the uh, what what used to be the trillion dollar club, uh, Google. Uh, let's take a look at that. What's sure. what's your, your take on Alphabet? I should say the parent
1: company. Yeah, G O O G. This one, um, it, it has both been a great stock for me to trade and a frustrating one. Because Mm -hmm. a couple weeks or last, I think it was February 13th, uh, leading into Valentine's Day, I saw unusual activity at stock was 93 ish, it popped to 97. And then just gone. It went Mm -hmm. right back down. So I broke even on the trade because I sold half as as it ran. And then by the time I could get out of the rest, they were at losses so it didn't matter that I had profit on half and losses. It was like kissing your sister. <laughs> Although I haven't met Justin's sister.
0: <laughs> well, she's a, she's a very lovely woman. So. I'm
1: sure she's a lovely lady. <laughs> um, but um, we saw unusual activity in this one, Justin, and these are three weeks into the future because okay. they are March 17th expiration. We're coming uh-huh. up on the first week of March, which is the third, of course. Next week after that, 10th, third week, 17th. So the the 17th of March expiring 98 calls with the stock at 90. So Mm -hmm. again, we can kind of all do the math. That's uh, pretty much a 10% move um, to the upside. Um, Doesn't mean we have to get there because again, listen to Arusha, listen to Justin, and they'll tell you um, a lot of options expire worthless. But Mm -hmm. between now, today, and then it might go whoop, 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 whoop. I mean, so you have to be, uh, especially with short term stuff like the zero DTE stuff, you have to be nimble and take Mm -hmm. profits. Not quite as much with an option that's got three months or three weeks rather to go, but you need to be um, vigilant. And if you get a move out of Google to 95 from 90, that's a nice move you know, start trimming. That's what I would do. I would yeah. start trimming at that point. Um, and it doesn't to your have point, to get to, yeah, it doesn't have to get to 98 for us to make money, folks. Right.
0: Yeah. And and to your earlier point, you know, we're in that 30-day window where the time decay, you know, starts starts really kind of falling off that cliff. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean the earlier the earlier you can lock it in, you know, kind of the better. And 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 just to be clear, again, is this is this a straight call that you're
1: talking about here for these? Um, this one, no. That's a great okay. question. No, they bought the ninety-eight calls. They sold the one hundred calls. Okay, so, so they spread. bought the ninety-eight calls for forty-two cents, which means forty-two dollars. Again, mm-hmm. every options for a hundred shares. They bought twenty-five thousand of them. So multiply mm-hmm. 25,000 times $42 or um, if you if you prefer, multiply 2.5 million times mm-hmm. 42. You get the idea, it's a lot, uh, or t- uh, I'm sorry, times 0. 0.42. It's a lot mm-hmm. of money on yeah. the table for this trade. Um, mm-hmm. They sold the 100s for 24 cents. So that mm-hmm. means they're only in it for like 18 cents, give or take. the numbers, as I recall. Um, So that means this is a smart trader who wanted to define 98 to 100 and Mm -hmm. said, if we push into this area, I'm going to make a fortune because I could turn an $18 investment into a $200 investment. I'll do that trade all day. And that's why they were doing it. And to your point, that was a spread. Mm
2: -hmm. Now, are there any catalysts for Alphabet? Alphabet? coming up kind of like you know with tesla they're there oh, there's that clear catalyst um are there any the events or is just uh or is this more... let me tell you what
1: i think the event is arusha yeah i think they come out and say oh by the way chat gpt That's
2: I was take a look at ours yeah, yeah
1: boom you yeah. know because and it won't be that mistake with uh shakespeare or the bard um right. it will be you know oh let us demonstrate you know even if they just came out with a release that said We're going to demonstrate our newest, they've got 10 of them right now, right? Mm -hmm. Something like that, supposedly. We're going to demonstrate such and such RAI on this date. The market would scream if that was the case. I do not have insider knowledge of that. Just saying that would be a potential catalyst.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, if they are able to kind of demo it on the search engine or within Gmail or something yep. like that, mm-hmm. that could alleviate some of the fears that people have been having with Alphabet. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so this is kind of, uh, again, because you have that expiration of March 17th at this point, um, mm-hmm. you know, things like, I mean, the relative strength line, we're looking at that and I mean Google just hasn't been outperforming the S&P 500 for a while. It just no. got that resistance right at its 200-day moving average line. Those are kind of things that you don't necessarily care about right now because it's a trade, short-term. All you need is that that pop and then you're out. Thank you very much. Um, I'm taking my money going home.
1: Yep. Yeah. But I've got one more that's a longer-term trade. Okay, um, let's take a look at that. And if you're somebody who like me, I'm I'm not scared but I do worry that the Fed could overstep. Mm -hmm. Um, If you look at the XLI, this Mm -hmm. is the uh, industrial spider. So spiders, folks, I I know most of your viewers are very informed, but a spider is a subset of the S&P 500. Mm -hmm. And in this case, it's a subset that has Honeywell, um, Union Pacific, um, uh, UPS, and... I forget the third but anyway those are the top three holdings in this etf so they took the s p 500 to find it down to something that they said these are the financial stocks these are the energy stocks these are the mm-hmm. and those are known as spiders so mm-hmm. this one this spider is xli industrial stocks they will suck if we go into a recession they will suck mm-hmm. um, so Uh, somebody's putting on a bet in June, a full quarter into the future, much slower time decay, much more, you know, uh, normal pace. And if you look at where the XLI came from and where it is now, Mm -hmm. it's been a run for the XLI in the last three months, a straight run to the upside. Could this one, and there you see it on the chart there. If you see, you know, it getting up here against resistance, and it could, you know, make that fall. Um, that's why I think somebody's buying a lot of these puts. They mm-hmm. bought puts that were under the market. I can't recall the strike right now, but they were buying puts with yeah. this XLI basically uh, uh, significantly higher. So it's a bet that it goes 10 or 11 percent lower in the next, uh, call it 90 to 100 days.
2: Mm-hmm. So, so they're betting the, the Fed is going to
1: break the economy uh that or there's some catalyst out there that's going to cause the fed to do that yeah yeah, like a hot inflation reading or something right exactly
0: yeah right and and to your point i mean you know if we just look at the dow jones industrial average um you know that had i mean that was screaming you know that was screaming off the october lows in the same way that this xli was screaming off of those october lows it it seemed like Mm -hmm. that's where a lot of the action was and um yeah and you look at it since and i mean the dow has you know not really gone anywhere xli has held up maybe a little bit better than the dow but um it, it certainly flattened out and was not participating as much when growth took off in january um xli was you know was kind of petering it out at that point yeah so, true um yeah, and uh, I, I think maybe uh, either Raytheon or Caterpillar might have been one of the ones that you were looking for as uh, rounding out the holdings. Or deer,
2: um, right? Deer. Or deer, yeah, deer I
0: think yeah. is up there. So um, yeah, again, the, the, these these were a lot of ones that were holding up a little bit better in 2022, and certainly um, you know ended the year very strong. So uh, and, and I mean, look today it was a, it was a good day for today. I think of the 11 sector spider funds sector uh, funds. This was number two today. XLY. Which holds Tesla uh, was was number one, uh, so significantly higher. So, uh, any any final words, uh, John? I, I really want to thank you so much for being on the show again, um, making the time. Uh, I know you're doing some traveling to to Europe, all, all sorts of things. Uh, so, uh, it was it was great having you. But any
1: any final thoughts? Um, um I, I'm always optimistic, Justin and Arusha. Um, and I always appreciate being on the show with you guys, talking smart um, about subjects that matter. Um, so uh, don't take anything I say, folks, as uh, me bashing the US or anything else, because I, I love the economy. I love being here in America. Um, and I just sometimes think that we things get a little overextended one way or the other. In December, it was the other way. So mm-hmm. the fact that I may offer some cautionary things doesn't mean I'm scared or thinking that we're heading into the, uh, the abyss or anything. I think we're just fine. Uh, but I would hope that we don't do too much nuclear brinksmanship um, with what's going on in Ukraine. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. That would be something, because I think Putin's a bad guy. Yeah. I just don't want to play poker with somebody who could end up ending the world. That's mm-hmm. true.
2: So, John, I mean, you're, you're tra- traveling a lot now. You, so, you, you still have plenty of time for market rebellion, though, right? you You're, you're, you're oh, yeah. st- I mean, the right. So, so talk a little bit about that because I think, you know, our, our, especially our our audience, we're definitely much more focused on stocks and stuff like that. But talk a little bit about market rebellion and about uh, the unusual option activity education that they can get there too.
1: Sure. Well, thank you, Arusha. Um, Yeah, we do a lot of uh, education. We have coaches and mentors, um, distance learning, which allows you to watch on your iPad, your phone, your laptop, your desktop, anytime you want, Um, various tutorials on options, on stock, on technicals. Basically, we have soup to nuts, everything about trading. And then we've got subscriptions, like Arusha mentioned. Uh, We talk about unusual activity in several of those subscriptions that people can sign up for at Market Rebellion. And um, we'd love to see you come over and check it out. We also do a lot of free webinars um, that you do not have to register with a credit card or anything else, but we do just like I've done with these two gentlemen. We talk about what's interesting in the markets and what you can do. Um, And uh, like I say, you can sign up for any of that over at marketrebellion.com.
0: Yeah. Awesome stuff and again we really appreciate you kind of sharing your knowledge with us. Uh, there's always always something to new new to learn every time you're
1: on, John. Really appreciate cool. it. Cool. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day everybody. Good luck. And okay. uh, I'll see I'll be back from uh, Madrid where I'm going for that conference. I'll be back Sunday so I'll be watching you guys.
0: Okay, awesome. Thanks, John. Uh, yeah, that'll do it for us this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope you kind of enjoyed the, the the different day, a little a little change in schedule. On the show next week at our normal time, we're gonna have Bill Studebaker back on the show. He is the president of Robo Global. So with all this talk about AI, we're gonna hear a little bit from the Robo Global folks on what that means for uh, the market and what they see going on in the future and ways to profit. So hope you tune in for that. Thanks for watching us this time. Take care. Thank you. Make sure to subscribe, rate and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. You can also send us your questions and comments to investingpodcast at investors.com. We would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode. And for this week's notes and charts, make sure to go to investors.com slash podcast, where you'll find details for each episode in the podcast episode section. And make sure to subscribe, rate and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. You can also send us your questions and comments to investingpodcast at investors.com. We would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode.